Welcome to the Better You Project, where we will be discussing health, hormones, and aesthetics while using a blend of functional and anti-aging medicine. To make sure you're up to date on this and what's going on in the practice, be sure to follow us on Instagram at udirecthealth underscore aesthetics, as well as our website, www.udirecthealth.com. The following discussion is the opinion of nurse practitioner Lexi Yu. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. Please speak to your healthcare provider for your personal concerns about your health. Now let's jump right into the show. What's up, everybody? This is episode three of the Better You Project, Optimizing Health, Hormones, and Aesthetics. So today's episode is going to be about intermittent fasting. We got a lot of questions about them on Instagram. Um, We have been posting some different things about how to do it, some of the benefits, um, kind of some of the pitfalls of it. And I had posted a uh, questionnaire, so if uh, people had questions, they could um, post them, and the goal would be to answer them in this podcast. So we'll get started with that. Uh, First and foremost, uh, if you are one of my patients and this is something that interests you, uh, feel free to discuss it with me. Um, There are certain contraindications that some patients should not be doing intermittent fasting. Um, And some of those would include if you're breastfeeding, if you're pregnant. Um, I do have someone who is a type 1 diabetic doing it, but I am working with that patient very closely, and they are also working with their endocrinologist. So it is possible, but you need to be careful. Um, If you have uh, uh, gastroesophageal reflux disorder or GERD, um, or if you have gout, uh, that's another contraindication. Um, So again, if I am not your provider, This is something you probably should be discussing with your healthcare professional. Uh, So we'll go ahead and get started. So there are lots of schools of thought as far as intermittent fasting, and there are multiple ways to do it. Uh, Intermittent fasting has a large facet of benefits. Some of them include uh, weight loss, which is what a majority of people want to do. Some others include uh, improvement of blood glucose, reduction of insulin, um, reduction of inflammation, reducing oxidative stress, decreasing blood pressure, increasing metabolic rate, um, becoming more fat adapted, which is kind of cool. Patients notice increase of um, mental clarity and brain focus. So it has has tons and tons of different benefits. with intermittent fasting. The first method that I'm going to discuss um, is going to be the 24-hour fast, and this is generally done once a week for 24 hours, and it's pretty easy. You just don't eat for 24 hours, um, and this method is also called the eat-stop-eat method. So the the principle here is, is that you're basically going to be putting yourself in a calorie reduction of whatever you would normally consume in 24 hours. So um, if you're tracking calories and you know, you know that your uh, calories normally fall somewhere between 1,800 and 2,000 calories a day, you're going to be in a weekly deficit of about 2,000 calories today per day. Now, what I don't want to happen is is that on those other six days a week, you are overeating on calories um, because you're either playing catch-up or because in your mind you're throwing caution to the wind because you've fasted for a whole day. So the goal is to eat what you would normally eat on those other six days. The next method is the lean gains method, which is the 16-8 schedule. So this means you will fast for 16 hours and you will eat within an eight-hour window. This is commonly done where you would stop eating at 8 p.m. and then start eating at noon the next day. Um, This one is uh, 
probably one of the most common that I see, especially with uh, athletes, uh, mainly crossfitters, runners, powerlifters, weightlifters, cyclists. Um, and really the principle here is that the diet should be pretty high protein. And most of the time, the training is going to be done while you're fasted. And the thought process is, is that you're going to tap into those fat stores or utilize ketones as energy. And this will actually allow your body to become more fat adapted. The other important principle here, if you're utilizing this method, especially for uh, lean gains, is, is that the biggest meal is going to actually be your post-workout meal. Um, so that's when you're going to want to try to get a majority of your carbohydrates into your diet. On your non-training days, your first meal should be also your largest meal, but I would focus on utilizing more fats on those days. Um, a good supplement if you're doing this type of method, especially for weightlifting performance, those kinds of things are BCAAs, and you're going to actually want to utilize those um, during your fasting. BCAAs, if you're not familiar, are your branched chain amino acids, which include leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Those are the building blocks of muscle, so those help with micro tears that occur during weightlifting. If you are not used to going into like uh, morning workouts fasted, it may take some getting used to, so you may want to start off slowly. So ideally 16-8, again, is the, one of the most common um, intermittent fasting cycles that a lot of athletes do, um, or even just normal people who are wanting to improve their metabolism. Again, if you work out in the morning and you're not used to this, you may want to start off with a 12-12 fast and just see how that goes. Um, and so you could do something like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., which is pretty easy to do. Um, maybe try that for a couple days and then increase it to a 14-hour fast. So that would be 7 p.m. to 9 a.m. And then um, if that goes okay, and then push it on another two hours, so 7 p.m. to 11 a.m., and that would be the full 16-hour fast. Um, if you start to feel shaky during your workout in the morning, if you start to feel like you're going to pass out, if you start to feel like something is not right, it probably isn't. And so you need to stop, you need to eat something, you need to get a fuel for fire or something. So it does take some getting used to. Um, in my personal experience, I have done keto before. I've done it a couple times. Um, I would definitely say my body's uh, a little bit more fat adapted and so I'm able to to run um, into a fasted workout and be okay. Um, in fact, this past Monday I did a horrendous uh, rogue invitational workout and um, I actually was in a 20-hour fast and it, it actually was fine. So um, something to consider is working your way up to a 16-8 cycle if that's what you want to do. So that is probably one of the most common intermittent fast cycles. The last uh, intermittent cycle that I'm going to discuss is the warrior diet cycle. And this is going to be somewhere between an 18 to a 20 hour fast. Um, and you will basically eat only within a four to six hour window. This one's a little bit more hardcore and I do not recommend this one for everybody. And if you're going to do it, I would recommend maybe once or twice a week. Um, but I would not recommend this one every day personally. In this type of method, you're going to be consuming one very large meal per day. Um, so if you are a little bit on the smaller side, it may be hard to fit a lot of food into one meal. And so you may want to break it up, um, one, one moderate size meal. And then two hours later have that second moderate size meal. And then you're basically done for that window of time. Um, so for the example that I gave on Monday, um, I had, <laughs> I had a 
basically a meal replacement shake while I was heating up my lunch. So the meal replacement shakes that I use, and I'll talk about that as far as which supplements I recommend, is basically like a shake that's a multivitamin. So because I'm not getting in all the nutrients that I normally would if I were eating a normal cycle or a 12-hour cycle during the day, I want to make sure that I'm giving my body everything it needs. And so what I personally do is I make a uh, meal replacement shake with uh, vegan protein powder. And it's got all kinds of vitamins in there. Um, but I will also throw in some spinach, some coconut milk, um, maybe half of a banana, some berries, some cacao nibs to add in some extra fiber. And I literally blend this up and drink it while I'm actually heating up my food because I want to make sure that in that four-hour window that I'm maximizing um, as many nutrients as I can to get into my body. All right, now that I've explained who shouldn't do intermittent fasting? Some of the examples of intermittent fasting. Now I'm going to get to some of the questions and some of my personal recommendations that I uh, practice with my patients and I personally have done to help facilitate the intermittent fasting process. So some of the questions that I've got gotten um, through Instagram and through Facebook was, what constitutes um, a fast and can I drink coffee? Can I take vitamins? Can I take supplements? Um, can I take BCAAs? So... There are different schools of thought when it comes to fasting. And really, ultimately, the question should become, why are you fasting? So I can give the example for me in particular. One of the reasons I'm doing intermittent fasting is because we're doing a health challenge. Plus, it's healthy to do. You have to ask yourself, is this something you can maintain? Or are you only going to do it for 30 days? Um, and that's kind of the nice thing about intermittent fasting is that it costs you $0 to do it. You can do it anywhere. You don't need any extra equipment to do it. You don't need any extra shakes to do it. Literally, anybody can do intermittent fasting with the exception of some of those contraindications like the breastfeeding and the pregnant moms. And um, if you've had an eating disorder, you should definitely not do intermittent fasting. But that's kind of the cool thing is, is, is it's actually something you can maintain. So my recommendations would be to start out really slow. So again, start with a 12-hour fast, then work your way up to a 14-hour fast, then do a 16-hour fast. Um, I would experiment with it. And I would, I would experiment with some different times to see what's going to work best for your schedule. I can personally say that in my household, we eat dinner really early just because my kids get home and they're starving. And so for the most part, we eat dinner honestly around 5, 5.30. So starting a fast earlier in the evening is going to be a lot easier for me. The other thing that I personally do is I work out. I CrossFit at 6 a.m. So Intermittent fasting for me needs to be earlier in the day because um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long morning if I if I push it out too too far out. So for me, cutting shutting it down earlier in the evening is gonna be a better option. So my suggestion would be to to kind of mess with it and experiment experiment with it to see what's gonna work best for you. So as far as some of the reasons why we do fasting, we do fasting for metabolic improvement, which is one of the ones that I do it for. Sometimes we do intermittent fasting for gut rest. And so that will kind of curtail what constitutes fasting and, and what is not fasting. And then the last um, reason that some people do fasting for is um, for longevity. Um, because it cause, uh, intermittent fasting uh, allows this concept of apoptosis or autophagy. And so it, it causes basically bad cell death. And it helps rege regenerate new cells or... Um, improvement of new cells. And so 
if you're doing it for that reason, it's going to kind of curtail some of what you can and cannot have during um, during the fast. So one of the questions was, can I have coffee? If you are doing the fast for metabolic improvement, meaning we are trying not to elicit an insulin spike or an insulin response or a sugar response, um, there was uh, a question um, about bullet coffee. Can you have bullet coffee? Or the question was, well, if it's 30 calories or less, or if it's 50 calories or less, ultimately, if you are not producing a, a sugar spike, if you are not causing insulin to spike, you're going to be in a fast if you are following the metabolic concept. If you are following a gut uh, a gut rest or a gut fast, then no, that is not considered part of fasting because when you consume, let's say, black coffee, you're going to produce gastrin in your gut, which is not considered a fasted state. Um, but a majority of the patients that I'm working with, especially weight loss patients, diabetes patients, obesity patients, um, which if you're listening to this podcast, there's going to be a promo code word and it's diabetes. If you mention this word um, and you uh, come into the office and you buy any of the supplements that I list in this podcast, you will get 15% off. So it, it pays to listen. So you'll get 15% off if you uh, mention to either Stacey or Janet the code word diabetes and you will get your 15% off all the supplements we're going to mention here. So um, yes, you can have coffee. Yes, you can have some MCT oil in that coffee. Now, the question becomes, how many calories constitute as breaking the fast, not breaking the fast? I've read and I've heard different ideas on this. I've heard 30 calories or less is considered still fasted. I've also heard 50 calories or less is considered still fasted. Um, Here's the thing. If you're getting results and you're consuming 30 calories, then it's probably fine. If you're getting results and you're consuming 50 calories, again, it's probably fine. Um, there was a study done that showed p- even patients who were consuming bullet coffee, which can have upwards amount of 300 calories, um, also showed improvements in their hemoglobin A1C and reduction of insulin and improvement of glucose. So if what you're doing is working and it works for you, do it. If what you're doing is not working, then you need to reconfigure it and you need to try something else. Um, so, so the answer is yes, you can have coffee. Um, if you, I think it's like unsweetened almond milk, 30 calories or less is still part of considered fast. Um, I, like I said, I've also read that MCT oil is also fine. So keeping the calories low, 50 calories or less is probably okay, especially if you're doing it for a metabolic uh, fast. If you're doing it for gut, no, it breaks the fast. Some of the other things that you can have during the fasted time, um, besides black coffee, um, you can have unsweetened tea, so like a green tea or black tea. You can have water. You can have water with a little lemon in there. Um, You could also have bone broth. So any of those things are fine. One of the things or one of the tips I guess I can give here is is that if you are someone who cannot uh, palate black coffee, one of the tricks that I've learned is, is I actually will drizzle a little MCT oil in there. One, because it actually helps your body tap into those ketones, which are fats, which are the energy that's going to be utilized from fat. But I will also sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon or nutmeg or even um, pumpkin spice because it has no calories. Cinnamon also helps stabilize insulin. So it kind of tricks your mind into thinking you might be having some creamer even though there's nothing, there's no calories in, in cinnamon powder. So um, that is a little tip that you, uh, if you want to drink the coffee, it will actually help with, with the fasting process. But if black coffee is hard for you to do, you can also throw in just a little bit of almond milk and that should be fine. 
Um, so that was one of the questions. The other question I got was, can I take my supplements while I'm fasting? That's completely up to you. I will say a majority of my patients who take supplements on an empty stomach get nauseous from it. The other thing to consider is, is that are you consuming any of your fat-soluble vitamins on an empty stomach? So fat-soluble vitamins are your vitamins A, D, E, and K. Um, they are actually absorbed much more effectively if you consume them with with fat in your belly. So I would actually wait to um, take those vitamins, honestly, till after your first meal or maybe even in the evening time because your body will actually tolerate it a little bit better and you'll absorb it a little bit better. Um, so that was probably one of the second biggest questions that I got. The other question I got was, can I alternate which fasts you're doing? Absolutely. So um, again, I think the easiest fast for most people to do is a 12-hour fast. Um, what some of my patients do is they'll do at minimum a 16-8 fast, and then maybe one day a week they'll do a 20 hour fast or even a 24 hour fast. I would not recommend more than that, especially if you are fairly active, because what we don't want to happen is we don't want you to start using, losing, um, lean muscle mass. So just making sure that you are fueling your body appropriately, making sure that when you are not fasted, that you are consuming nutrient dense calories and not just using your fasting as an excuse to, you know, throw caution to the wind and just kind of eat whatever and whenever you want. Um, because then ultimately you're not staying into this deficit. However, really the goal here is to improve, um, ghrelin and leptin, which are some of the, the, the hunger hormones as well as insulin glucose. So that's ultimately the goal here. Some other tips um, to consider when you are fasted is keeping yourself busy. So if you're going to fast maybe like a longer day, I would try to do it on a day that you know you're going to be super busy at work where it's going to be easier for you to do it because you're not thinking about food. Um, so that would be a really good tip. Another tip would be to making sure that you're staying hydrated throughout the day, maybe making sure you're drinking lots of water um, or something that I have actually in my office is bone broth and, and that tends to help kind of curb some of the appetite. Um, so this way I don't get dehydrated and I am getting some extra phosphorus and electrolytes from the bones. Um, so that is helpful. Every day will not be perfect. And so there are going to be some bumps in the road, but the best thing that you can do is the next day, just get back on the, the, whatever fasting schedule that you are on. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. It takes time. It takes practice. Um, but it's, it's very, very doable. You just have to, you know, keep at it and stick with it. Another question that I frequently get is, can you do keto and intermittent fasting? Um, you most certainly can. Um, you're basically going to be utilizing a majority of your fat stores as energy anyway. Um, and I have not seen any negative impacts from, um, combining the two methods of, um, the ketogenic diet as well as intermittent fasting. Do you have to do them? No, absolutely not. You can very much see good results with just intermittent fasting and not having to do keto. And honestly, this is one of the reasons why I am doing intermittent fasting is because in our health challenge, we're trying to reduce our hemoglobin A1Cs and I don't want to do keto. So intermittent fasting is definitely one of the methods that I'm utilizing in my favor in order to do that. Some of the supplements that I recommend, um, if, if your goal is to kind of improve your, um, your insulin um, balance and getting your glucose down and reducing your hemoglobin A1C, um, my suggestion would be to making sure that you're on a, um, a good probiotic to make sure that your gut, gut health is um, in good standing. 
making sure that you're on some extra vitamin D, especially this time of year, uh, our bodies are just not absorbing it. And that is one of the fat soluble vitamins. That one in particular can be really important at night, especially for things like leg cramps. Um, it also helps with things like depression and anxiety also helps with weight loss, um, can help with osteoporosis prevention as well as breast cancer prevention. Uh, that is one of your fat soluble vitamins. So that one should be consumed with, um, some sort of, uh, fattier meal. Um, another supplement, my recommendation would be uh, a good omega-3 fish oil. That is also a really good anti-inflammatory. And then, um, lastly was one that I had mentioned before and it's called berberin. Berberin has so many different benefits. I use it to treat gut patients. I use it as a antimicrobial herb to kind of help, um, gut imbalances when we have too much of the bad bacteria, not enough of the good bacteria in the gut, but it also helps, um, with insulin. It helps stabilize glucose, helps with weight loss. I use it in my PCOS patients. Um, so berberin is also a really good option and we just got some in stock. So that should be in the office Thursday morning, ready to roll. Again, diabetes is the promo code if you want to do that. So um, the last one I was going to mention was a little reactive magnesium. Um, I like to give this to my patients at night. One of the things that you may notice with the intermittent fasting is, is that you may not be pooping as much. And some of that could be because you're not you're not eating um, as much as you were, or maybe you're not getting enough fiber in your diet, which that is something when you're going to break your fast, you want to try to choose some of the choose more of the nutritious foods that have, you know, uh, antioxidants in there, um, omegas in there, fiber, um, you know, basically eating the colors of the rainbow is what you want to do. But magnesium is also a really good choice at bedtime because it does help one, not only, um, kind of ease your mind. It also helps improve quality of sleep. It helps with also things like leg cramps and it can help with things like constipation. So that is also a really good option. So we are at 20 minutes, which ends the, uh, podcast for today. Um, I definitely think we will probably come back to intermittent fasting as I'm sure there will be more questions as more um, patients are doing it and more people are following along. Feel free to send us a message. Um, follow us at udirecthealth underscore aesthetics. Our Facebook page is udirecthealth. Our website is www.udirecthealth.com or send us an email at udirecthealth at gmail.com and we will catch you at the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.